the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Paul writes to Titus, the young preacher, in Titus 2, 7 through 8, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, sound in speech that cannot be condemned, so that there's the purpose an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. We want to live a life that glorifies God, not that calls his integrity or his reputation or his existence into question. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's Grace to Live radio broadcast with Pastor Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program, and we're so glad to have you back. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles or on your devices if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we're continuing with Pastor Keith's series, 10 Rules for Life. An Antidote to Chaos from the Old Testament book of Exodus. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. He warns the people, actually, in Mark 7, 8 and Matthew 15, 8, you leave, you ignore the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. They take the white space between the lines and give themselves all kinds of freedom that wasn't there. And in Matthew 15, 8, it says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. What's he quoting? Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord said, Because this people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. And that's where Jesus says, You've heard that it was said, Do not murder But if you hate somebody, you've murdered them in your heart. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But if you've looked at a woman with adulterous thoughts, you've committed adultery in your heart already. Jesus said, you've heard it say not to swear falsely, but you know what? Don't swear at all. Just do what you say you're going to do. Because anything less, if you've named the name of Christ, brings reproach, brings criticism upon his name. People look at you as if you're a hypocrite. And when you don't do what you're supposed to do as a Christian, and if you're one of those out there Christians who, you know, and calling attention to yourself and then living like the world, you're taking his name in vain. And what happens to us 
and it happens to all of us to one extent or the other, me included, is you are in this world where the end justifies the means, where people are doing all kinds of things and you almost become numb to it. You're like the frog in a kettle, which they put the frog in a kettle of water and they slowly turn up the heat and before, he's known, before we know it, we've been cooked like the culture. And these 10 rules for life prevent that. They inoculate us from that. They, they are the antidote to chaos because when you lose sight of God, first four commandments teach us how to relate to God, the next six teach us how to relate to man and they all teach us how to worship. When we lose sight of that, we enter into uncharted territory. These 10 commands, these rules for life are our spiritual GPS. They are our roadmap to reality. And we must not take God's name in vain. We must not misuse it in any way, shape, or form. And how do you avoid doing that? Be careful what you say. That's the title of the sermon. It's the application. Be careful what you say and be careful what you do. Now we come to our second question. What is involved in taking the name of the Lord in vain? I sort of alluded to this already, but we're going to dig down a little bit deeper. Again, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God because the Lord will not leave anything, anyone unpunished who misuses his name. And, and when it says anyone, it means anyone. A lot of times, you know, we say, well, I'm a Christian, I've been forgiven, and you know what? No one, saved or unsaved, is going to be left undealt with. Yes, you've been forgiven the eternal consequences of your sin, but when we do this, when we do this, there are going to be consequences. And that's why Jesus warns again. I want to go back to Matthew 5, 33 to 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this is evil. What is he saying? Keep your word. Do what you say. Don't go crazy. Just be who you are and do what you say. Speak the truth. We'll talk about false witness later. Don't take your Christian conduct lightly. We bear the name of Christ, right? Christian, which means a little Christ. We are ambassadors. We are representatives of Christ. And as representatives of him, everything we say, think, and do reflects on his message, on his character, on his glory. Just keep your word beyond anything. Anything beyond that is evil. We have to remember who's present. People are watching. We've talked about this before. We live in a surveillance culture. My iPhone is listening to everything that I do. Alexa, the Amazon thing, you know, the uh, Google thing. We plugged one in the office just for fun and before we knew it, it was talking to us because it was hearing everything we were saying, and we unplugged that little guy. Then I gave it to Jono, and he's got it in his office. So. But the bottom line is, people are watching, and you can take God's name in vain by playing the hypocrite, by playing the fool, by playing the Pharisee. Paul writes to Titus, the young preacher, in Titus 2, 7 through 8, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, sound in speech that cannot be condemned, so that, there's the purpose, an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. We want to live a life that glorifies God, not that calls his integrity or his reputation or his existence into question. Sound in speech that cannot be condemned. A model of good works so that an opponent, someone opposed to Christianity, somebody who might possibly consider Christianity but is opposed to it, 
will have nothing evil to say about us. You know, you and I can misuse the name of God just by acting in an unseemly way. You see, athletes, they shoot a basket, they strike out a pitcher, they hit a home run, they score a goal in a soccer game, they score a touchdown, they intercept a pass, and they point to the sky. And then we read about a week or two or three later in the paper about them being arrested for DUI or beating up their spouse or or some terrible thing, and people look at them and go, oh yeah, Christian. That's taking God's name in vain. They are taking God's name in vain. That's why Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4, 10 through 11, but we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more and to aspire to live quietly and mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. I'm reminded again, Christianity isn't what we do, it's who we are. We belong to Christ. We are his ambassadors, his representatives, and people are watching to see if we take him seriously and misusing God's name and demonstrating that you're not taking your relationship with him seriously, whether it is careless profanity, whether it's creating misperceptions to exploit somebody else in the name of Jesus, whether it's, you know, Christian contractors who do shoddy work. They're taking God's name in vain. They better be doing, if they put Christian owned and operated, they better, even if they haven't, they better be hitting it hard. Christian medical doctors who really don't treat their patients well. Whatever field of endeavor you're in, you represent Christ. And your work product, if it's less than the best that you're capable of, it doesn't mean that every day is a perfect day and every day is a sinless day. It doesn't mean that there aren't some days where you're at the top of your game and some days that you're not. But what you're preaching through your work product may or may not be taking God's name in vain. Now, some people say, well, nobody's perfect. That's true. And the the outcome of your endeavors and efforts are dependent upon God. But what he looks at is your faithfulness in trying to serve him. Let me tell you about the worst experience I ever had with somebody taking God's name in vain in my congregation in Green Bay, Wisconsin. There was uh, two ladies, uh, one was mentoring the other, and they went to lunch in a restaurant, and the mentor related the story and wanted to know how to go back and deal with this after the fact, and what happened was this. They sat down to eat, and the waiter came, and he comes up, and he's waiting on them, and the mentee, the one who needed to grow a little bit more, was kind of high maintenance, very, very picky, and just kept really rushing the waiter, interrupting him, criticizing him when he'd leave the table. She talked bad about him to where everybody could hear, including him and the other servers. And it became increasingly more difficult and more difficult and more difficult and tense and more tense and more tense. And, and finally, the older woman leans over and goes, maybe you just ought to back off of this guy a little bit. She goes, well, you know what? I'm a customer. I'm entitled, blah, 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 blah. So when it was over, the mentor was just thankful to get out of the restaurant alive. And as they're walking out, the younger disciple goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. She goes, what's the matter? She goes, wait here. And she saw her turn and walk toward the waiter, and out of her purse, she pulls a religious tract, a gospel tract. And he's looking at her coming, and she hands it to him, and he takes it, you know, he's not sure what it is. And then she turns around and says, have a nice day, and starts to walk away. And and, uh, the older lady sees him start to read it, and he looks up at her, and he starts after her. And he catches up with her right as she's there with the other lady, and he goes, if this is Christianity, if you're a Christian... I want nothing to do with this kind of stuff. If you're a Christian, I don't want to be one, taking the name of the Lord in vain by what you say and do. Be careful what you say 
and be careful what you do. Actions speak as loud as words. Let's take the third question. Question number three. What are the consequences of taking the name of the Lord in vain? What are the consequences? There are all kinds. I'm reminded that sin is like an explosive device, an an IED or a hand grenade. It blows a hole in the ground and destroys the immediate area, and then its shrapnel fans out over a kill radius and damages and lacerates everybody around it. And when we take the name of the Lord our God in vain, we do it in front of our children, our neighbors, our colleagues, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our spouses, and there are consequences. Look again, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. The big deal here is this, no one gets a pass. It applies to Christians and non-Christians. As a non-Christian, you're not going to be punished in heaven and you're not going to go to hell for taking his name in vain however you do it, whether by word or by deed, but you're going to suffer consequences because God disciplines those he loves as a father does his children. And he brings consequences to bear upon us to steer us away from a harmful action. That's why I call it the 10 rules for life or the 10 protections. And what we find out is, is that when we do this, God will not hold us guiltless. He will hold us accountable. How do we know this? Well, we have examples throughout the Bible. Let's just pick one. King David. What is King David's epitaph? What was his legacy? He was a man after God's own heart. That's how God described King David. A man after my own heart. But King David committed adultery. He engaged in a conspiracy to murder the husband of the, adul- of his adul- of the adulteress so that he could marry her because she was pregnant. And then he covered it up. And then God sent the prophet Nathan to confront him. And Nathan told him sort of a parable that sort of resembled what he did. And and David was outraged and goes, whoever did anything like that, whoever did this, deserves to die. And, And Nathan goes, and you are the man. And he talked about, you took this man's wife, you had him killed. And now the sword will not depart from your hand and your life will never be the same. And then David comes to repentance. We read Psalm 51, Psalm 32. And read, you can just see David's broken heart. But I want you to look with me at 2 Samuel 12, 14. 2 Samuel 12, 14. Nathan says to David, the Lord has also put away your sin. He's taken away your sin. You shall not die. Now think about who David was. He was the king of God's chosen people. He was God's representative. He was a prophet king. He was a theocratic king. All of Israel was supposed to be God's people. And the whole world watched this thing play out. Even the people in the court. And and David fully expected God to take his life over this sin. But he says, the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because you have utterly scorned the Lord, and some translations say because you caused the pagans to blaspheme, the child who was born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. Was King David forgiven? Absolutely. Were there consequences? No doubt about it. He caused the whole world around Israel to mock God, to blaspheme the name. Oh, this is, this is the man after God's own heart. This is the king of Israel. This is the king of the people who follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can you imagine his court watching all this play out and thinking, oh, this is, this is the guy. This is God's anointed on the throne. He took God's name in vain, and it destroyed his family. It destroyed that child. The consequences were God could not allow a confused order of succession for the coming Messiah, so that child had to go. 
there are consequences, temporal consequences. The wages of sin is death, and the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. But death is more than just eternal death. It's relational death. It's physical death. It's reputational death. It's professional death. Sin has consequences. And when you take the name of the Lord your God in vain, no one goes undealt with. And that's what the big deal is. That's why we call these the 10 protections, 10 rules for life, antidotes for chaos, because they keep you focused on the main thing, and they protect you from all of these damaging and injurious behaviors, because God loves you, and he wants you to relate to him and others so that there's not chaos, confusion, upheaval, and death in your life. Now, let me just make this clear. It doesn't mean that if somebody in this room has an attack of appendicitis tomorrow, that they took God's name in vain, and that God is dealing with their sin, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is sin has consequences, and we're seeing them here. David caused the pagans to blaspheme. In 1 Peter 4, 14 through 17, we read this. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Look who they've linked together here. Murderers and meddlers, gossips and meddlers. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for the judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Contained within this verse is a warning about how we handle God's reputation, how we live our our witness and our testimony. And when we compromise our testimony, when we compromise our witness, we compromise God's reputation among men. Sin has consequences, particularly sin against the nature, existence, character, and reputation of God when we use or employ or misuse his name in the wrong way. And this, ex- this covers a lot of territory because, you know, I said it pertains to believers and unbelievers, right? And we get the unbeliever part, but a lot of times we think we get a pass. But if you look in Deuteronomy 18, 20 to 22, you have God warning the people of God and their prophets to be careful not to speak presumptuously in his name. Let's look at it. Deuteronomy 18, 20 to 22. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. Verse 22, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. And that phrase, you need not be afraid of him in Hebrew, basically means don't take him seriously. They're done. They forfeited their credibility. And, and, you know, here we live in a day, and you always wonder why I say, when you walk up to me and say, God told me to do this or God told me to do that, I always say, really? Is that your final answer? Because here's the thing. If God is very specific, you know, today we have all these prophets both inside the church and outside the church on television and in the community and in the faith community, well-meaning Christians, I believe most of them, and they'll say, well, God is, I I really can't see it too clearly. I really... But I think God is telling me that this may apply to you. No, that's not how God works. You can know that that's not from God. Because every prophecy in the Bible is specific, is accurate, and it comes to pass. And we should be glad today that we live in the age of grace and in the church age. Because what happened in the Old Testament days when a prophet spoke presumptuously? They killed him. And if they let him live, he or she was ostracized. Because they took the name of the Lord their God in vain, 
and there is always a cost associated with it. That's why Paul, in 1 Corinthians, subjects prophets to the authority of the local church. Today, we like to freelance it. Prophets are outside the church. They, you meet them in their homes or you meet them in faraway places. No. Remember in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, they're to be tested. You know, this is why. Because you don't want to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. If you have an impression about somebody, say, it strikes me as this. But don't say, thus saith the Lord. Don't say, God has told me. You're taking the name of the Lord in vain. I'll give you an example that happened in my personal life. I think I've given it before here. Years and years ago, when I was engaged to be married to my wife, Terrellyn. Sorry about this, but we'll get there. Um, somebody from her church called her up on the phone, and he read a Bible verse that had nothing to do about anything. And then he said, I've got this impression from God, and here's what I see. I see you holding an infant and having a toddler by your side, and your husband driving off after abandoning you for an adulteress. And so if you marry this man, this is what's going to happen. Now, it just so turned out that his best friend had a crush on Terry. And that may or may not have influenced his prophecy. But I remember hearing the prophecy, thinking about it for a few minutes, and as a new believer saying, you know what? I think I can get in my car in Hilton Head, South Carolina. I'm going to drive to Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm going to lay hands on that man. But it would not have been in the classic sense of the word. (laughs) But you know what? He took the name of the Lord in vain. He did. He said that God said something that God didn't say. And we just want to be careful because it says, those who misuse the name of the Lord will not go undealt with, will not go unpunished, will not be held guiltless. And whether you're a a crabby restaurant patron or a contractor who does shoddy work or a doctor who doesn't care or a prophet who speaks presumptuously in the name of the Lord or a pastor who doesn't study for the sermon or whatever it is, that's just as much taking the name of the Lord your God in vain is hitting your hammer on the end of your thumb and saying, Jesus Christ or saying GD, or saying OMG, or whatever your emojis are. You have to think about this. Make these rules for life, these antidotes for chaos a priority. How do we apply this? Be careful what you say, and be careful what you do. You're going to fail, you're going to sin, but be careful. Rethink everything. To me, when I was studying this passage, and I'd studied this before, you know, and the names carried weight, and names had to do with reputation, and na- you know, and as I was reading this and going through this, I, I really did feel like I needed to crawl into my bed and stay there. I mean, I was just like, ah, you know, because you really think about, it makes you rethink how you uh, argue with people, how you fight with your wife, not that any of you do that, but in theory, or how you argue with your husband or anything like that. It really makes you think about how you treat people because we do live in a surveillance culture and the world is watching to see if we really take our God and his words seriously because they want to know because they know what they look, look at the chaos in the world and all the mob behavior that we're seeing now and the degradation of civilization and these 10 rules for life are antidotes for chaos they keep us on the road to God they keep us from going off the rails they keep order in the home order in the workplace and credibility in our witness and testimony. So I just want you to think about this. Be careful what you say and do. Let this third commandment revolutionize the way that you think about taking God's name in vain and try to live your life accordingly by the grace of God through the power of the Spirit, understanding and applying the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is a weighty topic. Lord, it's a, it's, it, it's a hard one, Father. It's, Lord, we take your name in vain in so many ways, Lord. And we just sometimes... Through ignorance or apathy, we, 
we think like a Pharisee and say, well, as long as I don't do this, I'm okay. But it's much more than that. We know that you want our heart. We know that you want our heart and mind. You want us to worship you in wisdom and in truth, in spirit and in truth. So Father, help us to think about what we say. Help us to be careful about what we say and do when we're in front of people or even when we're by ourselves. We ask these things humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org and also at jono at hillside.org. That's J-O-N-O at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you and thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.